I'm Andrew Lindy, co-creator of the Benview Network, and what you're about to hear is a recording of the Webcomics Advocates panel from Comic-Con Revolution held in the Ontario Convention Center. Please enjoy. Does everyone here like webcomics? Uh, well, we're going to be talking a lot about webcomics here at the Webcomics Advocates Presents, the Webcomics Gathering. Uh, we're here with... Uh, Eddie D'Angelini. Yes. And Patrick Scullin. Yes. And they're going to tell you all about the web comics that they create, the comics that they make, that they love, that they have right there in front of them in book form. So those aren't really web comics. <laughs> so can't talk about those. Can't talk about paper? No, can't talk about paper. <laughs> uh, who, who in the audience here uh, makes a web, web comic? And who just loves web comics? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, all right, Wait, so... Who didn't raise their hand? <laughs> Is my mic not on? There's a little switch at the bottom. Where? Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I've never seen one like that. Hello. Am I on now? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm Andrew Lindy. I'll be moderating this panel for the Web Comics Advocates. Uh, so let's just start. Uh, both of you guys uh, tell us about your webcomic. Sure, I'll, I'll go first, and I do want to recognize our not-with-us participants, uh, Phil and... Um, Phil's here in spirit. <laughs> they, uh, they started this panel many years ago at the Long Beach Comic Con, and so I've been grateful to be a part of that with them. So um, I'm here uh, representing my comic strip, which is called Super Siblings, and um, it's an adventure comic, a brother and sister with superpowers. But they don't know each other's secret identity. One is good and one is bad. And then another comic strip I do, which is called I Speak Nerd, which is kind of a pop culture, um, uh, I like to call it like a pop culture political cartoon <laughs> kind of thing. So, so that's me. Um, my name is Eddie. I do a webcomic called Collectors, which is loosely based on my and my wife's life and my nerdy comic book collecting and all the geeky stuff that she puts up with, as she likes to call it. It is, what's your tagline? She's sitting right there. Awesome. I, <laughs> I can never, never remember the, the cool tagline that she gives. It's a comic about a guy who loves co his comic book collection and, wait, it's a comic about a guy who loves his wife and his comic book collection, but not always necessarily in that order. That's, <laughs> That's perfect. I've been doing it for close to five years now, and have published three uh, annuals in that process. And uh, wow, five years! How time flies. I know. It's like I was thinking, oh, what, I've done it for a year, two years. No, it's been five years. <laughs> yeah. So it's something that you do because you love, definitely. So you can check it out at, at collectorscomic.com. So, um, for both of you, do you want to talk about your, your process, how it goes from idea to, to drawing to on the screen? Sure. Um, and uh, let me just uh, kind of give a little background, because uh, for me, um, I always wanted to do print comics, and a few years ago, like many people, I realized web comics are cheaper. <laughs> so, so much easier to produce and I could do it on my own, and then after a while, print and sell annuals, like Eddie. But uh, for my process, what I like to do is, it's, it's changed over the years, but now it's all digital. So I do all the drawing on my Surface tablet, and then I refine the characters and the artwork 
in uh, Photoshop, and then I apply lettering and shapes and graphics in InDesign, and then I export my little PNG file and upload it to the web. So it's kind of my process now. And what's nice about doing it that way is I have an InDesign file that could later be printed. So I try to do both together at the same time. I'm still old school. I still actually pencil and ink an actual strip on 11 by 17 board. Uh, from then, from there, I actually scan it, do all the coloring in Photoshop and the lettering in, um, in Illustrator. But beyond that, I mean, that's the technical side of the process. The, the other side is, you know, everyone says, well, where do you get your ideas from? Or like, how do you start? Or where do you make the time? And that's just as much part of the process, too. Because I'm sure like any of you who are doing a webcomic or want to do a webcomic, you've got a full-time job or you're in school and you think, how do I make the time for this? So actually scheduling your time and making a schedule for this is definitely part of the process too. I think that's a really good point because um, I'm definitely older than I used to be, <laughs> which means um, I don't have as much energy as I used to. <laughs> I used to be able to you know, work on very few hours of sleep and so making comics at night was not a big deal. But um, I find a hard time I find it hard to make the time, like you're saying, yeah. to, to make sure it, it uh, comes out consistently. And that's, that's key for me, is really reserving time during the week to work on it. Otherwise, of, it doesn't happen. Word of warning, you people in your 20s out sitting out here that want to do a webcomic, <laughs> don't wait until you're in your 30s or 40s. <laughs> Start now, where no sleep is no sweat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely that extra effort that goes into it. Um, webcomics are a labor of love. Uh, comics in general are a labor, in a labor of love. If you're in this to, to get rich, that's there are a lot smarter ways, I think, to make money. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, really, it's it's you want to entertain people, you want to entertain yourself, and uh, my guiding principle is always just if, if it makes me laugh, hopefully it'll make somebody else laugh. So good point. Do what you will enjoy. Don't start and create a webcomic and say, what do people want to read? What's going to sell? What's going to make me money? Do it because you think, hey, this is the webcomic I want to read. And if it's sincere, other people will see it, they'll notice it, and they'll enjoy it. Yeah, people can smell a fake webcomic. So yeah. do what is what you would enjoy reading. So, uh, Eddie, uh, you said that your, your webcomic is kind of loosely based on your own life. Uh, yes. what, what what are the challenges in that? Uh, not taking my wife off. <laughs> uh, one of the other challenges is because it's loosely based on us, and the main characters are Eddie and Kristen, which is. Do you use your names? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then some of the other people in the strip, like a couple of my friends, are named after real friends of mine, but they're not actually them. They're kind of like a mishmash of three or four other friends of mine, kind of just mashed into two individual characters. And uh, the thing that I always get from people is, "Hey, when am I going to be in your strip? Can I be in your strip? When am I going to be in your strip? I got a joke for you." No. Sorry. So that is that's a bit of a challenge, just juggling real life with what is fiction. I tell people uh, it's based on our lives. You can read it, and you can decide what's real and what was made up. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a danger, at least. In, in my case, sometimes I have uh, different family members show up 
And usually what happens is at the expense of the, the mom or the dad, and I get in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. Is that supposed to be me? You know, I actually when the grandparents a, show up, my, my mom's like, is that me? You know, so. I actually did a strip with uh, a few mother-in-law jokes in there. My first thought was, okay, she can see this. Wait, I don't think she has internet right now. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay if your parents aren't online yet. <laughs> uh, so for uh, both panelists, um, growing up, what comics uh, inspired you? What, what, were you? what were some of your favorite comics that you read? Well, uh, for me, I kind of like a lot of uh, comic strips from the, from the newspaper, uh, like Calvin uh, and Hobbes and Peanuts, obviously, are two of my favorites. Farside, also, and Bloom County, of course. So a lot of newspaper strips were really big influence on me, but then also regular comic books. So that's actually why Super Siblings became kind of like a hybrid. Um, I do kind of adventure comics that are fun stories of the brother and sister, and then the web comic is more of a strip, kind of like you know three panel, four panel joke strip, which involves kind of the family members. So that way it kind of feeds both sides for me. I, I really you know draw from you know, Kirby and the good old classics of comics and then comic strips. I definitely grew up loving the Sunday Funnies too, and that's kind of really what my strip is like. It's just like uh, the uh, Sunday morning full color funnies. And um, beyond that, I just always loved comics from an early age, ever since I was, you know, would be homesick from school, and my, my dad would bring me home comic books to read while I was sick. Oh, so, sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm missing that issue. I'm going to fake it. <laughs> oh, I'm sick. Dad, we'll get it. Um, and just loved all the uh, Marvel comic stuff from when I was a kid, Spider-Man and Daredevil and all that stuff. And really, the, the strip that I do, Collectors, is all about that. It might, my love of comic books that I've had all my life, even to now. And you own a shop, right? And actually, yes, I do. I actually do co-own, uh, my wife and I co-own a comic book shop as well, which is like a new development that's happened in the last couple of years. Uh, Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica. Uh, been in business since 19, thank you. Thank you for that very light <laughs> um, Been in business since 1977, so it's actually the oldest comic shop in Los Angeles, I think maybe even in California, that's still in business, so it's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Really so nice. what was I talking about? You derailed yeah, sorry, me. I'm sorry. Completely derailed well, me. What influenced you? Yeah. Uh, well, since owning my own comic shop, I, um, I, just all that stuff, like the early Marvel stuff, like Spider-Man and Daredevil and all that stuff, I just loved as a kid, and even now, you know, uh, still love and it's just it's a part of who I am and, and the humor of the comic strip for sure. So a uh, question for both panelists. Um, how have your webcomics changed from the beginning to now? <laughs> that, that's a really good question. For me, um, I used to be really concerned that it was changing over time and I've kind of embraced the idea that um, Comic strips change, and as you work on them, you change, and so it's okay if your story evolves or the characters change. Um, you know, studying like some of Charles Schultz's books, you can see how there were periods of time when it was just Snoopy, and other times it was other characters, and so you could see how over time you might get bored with a certain storyline and see so you switch it up. So for me personally, mine's evolved from the beginning when it was just the brother and sister to where now it's a lot about the mom and dad. 
And so it's, I guess, kind of autobiographical more than it used to be. Um, so, and then I Speak Nerd kind of branched out of that idea that I started thinking of other jokes that I wanted to make, but they didn't fit in Super Siblings anymore. So I thought, well, I need another place to put these. So that's when I started making the I Speak Nerd. So just, I decided to just embrace it and let it evolve. <laughs> uh, how has mine changed? Uh, it's funny. I, I liken it to The Simpsons. Um, if you ever watch those early Simpsons clips on the Tracy Ullman show, the animation just looked really crude and off and all weird and squiggly. Um, that was my art style in the beginning. <laughs> Definitely, you can look at those like the first year comic strips that I did and look to uh, what it looks like now, and it looks like that. It looks like that weird squiggly off art style that wasn't quite there to something that's a little more polished, which I guess I should be proud of that, but I, I didn't come into this having been an artist for years and years and years. I just quite literally said, I want to do a webcomic. I love comics. I used to draw. I don't know if I can do this. Let's give it a try. And it just went from there. So for all those out there who think, well, I can't do a webcomic because i got to find an artist, probably not. I bet you you can do it. And if you suck at it, so what? You'll get better. <laughs> you just made like all the artists in the room cry. They're like, no, you need us. No. <laughs> I went years and years of art school. Oh, I could have just. <laughs> well, I always laugh because when when Phil is here, he talks about the fact that he has one character, one drawing, <laughs> repeated every week. So you're so right. There you go. I mean, you can figure out a way to do it, even if you can't draw. Mm -hmm. But even if your art, uh, your skills are crude, so what? It just make it the butt of the joke of your webcomic if you're doing a humor strip. And you know, you'll get better in time. Does anybody read Wondermark? You know that one? Familiar with that one? My friend of mine who does that, um, Dave, he, he just goes back to old Victorian um, illustrated books and he just scans a panel and makes a comic out of it. So There you go. You can do anything. He just pulls these old things and then comes up with, the, he just writes it basically. So, doesn't have to, you know, one well, size is not all. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. okay. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but art, art skill isn't necessary for studying web comic. Kind of like, <laughs> nice if you had it, uh, you know, but if you've got a story to tell, don't worry that your skills aren't up to par. Tell your story. I think that's a really good thing about web comics too. Is, um, you know, sometimes you can be intimidated by the thought of making a comic. Oh, I can't. I can't do it just right. Can't do it just right. Well, web comics, you can make them, and it doesn't cost you anything to make them. So just do it. And the more you do it, the more refined it gets, the better it gets. So don't wait until it's perfect. Do it imperfectly. Good point, because when I did my strip, my first thought was, well, I don't know if I can draw it. Maybe I should find an artist. Uh, maybe I should wait till I've got like, you know, six or seven of them in the can ready to go. So, you know, I have a backup or something. You end up waiting forever if that's how you think. I literally drew the first strip, finished it, and said, well, I'm going to put up a new strip every Sunday. I don't have anything except this one. Okay, it's tomorrow Sunday. I'll put it up. I'll trust that I can do one a week. And that's been five years ago, so don't worry about it. You know, your art skill does matter. If you're trying to do, like, some epic science fiction webcomic with all this, like, intricate spaceships and 
drama and everything, yeah, okay, maybe you should be a good artist. But if you're just doing like a funny little gag strip, I mean, look at half of the stuff that you see sometimes in the Sunday papers or classic comic strips, uh, you know, things like Calvin and Hobbes excluded. I can name a few, which I won't. The, the art is not that great. I mean, anybody can do that pretty much. Just, you know, hide the fact that you suck as an artist in a good joke. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. You got a funny joke, people will laugh. They're not going to say, well, that arm doesn't quite look right, so I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> and you're probably your worst critic anyways. Yes, you will always be your worst critic. Some of the stuff that you think stinks about what you're doing, other people will probably never even notice. Yeah, I'm constantly surprised by that, that people will come up to me, oh, I like that, I like what you did. It's like, that's the thing I'm most embarrassed about, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'll do a strip where I think, man, this joke really stinks. I just, I've got nothing else to put up tomorrow, tomorrow, Sunday, finally just put it up. And then people will laugh and go, oh my god, that's the best one yet. Uh, have either of the two of you uh, ever collaborated with another uh, artist or or uh, writer? Um, well, uh, if if I have and they're in the room, I apologize. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> but I you know actually um, uh, I do a lot of on my comics. Um, I have a colorist, and uh, he's actually over there. Um, Mason has been a great help for me in getting color into my comic strips because it's like I have enough time to get the black and white art, but then color was always a problem. So, so once I brought Mason on board, that kind of made a lot of things better in terms of my workflow. The closest I've ever come to collaborating with somebody is I have another friend who does a webcomic similar to mine uh, about him and his wife and all the goofy stuff that happens between the two of them. And we actually did one week, as the weekend of the last Emerald City Comic Con, we did a crossover where my wife and I appeared in his comic strip and his wife and I appeared in mine, so that's probably maybe the closest thing to a collaboration that I've done. Cool. Uh, so what um, web comics are you guys reading right now? Um, super siblings. Um, I speak nerd. And, mm, <laughs> Actually, I, I read uh, um, Drive, Dave Kelly. I gotta be honest with you right now, I'm not reading a lot. Um, since uh, co-owning a comic shop, it really cuts down on your time to really read, and that's probably one of the things I resent the most about having the shop, not that I resent it, but it really stinks not having enough time to really go and read and follow the things you used to follow. But, um, I guess I'll, I, I read in Super Siblings. <laughs> uh, so the both of you do have uh, physical copies of your comics uh, in front of you. Uh, do you guys want to talk about how those came about? Sure. Um, I think it's it's natural that once once you've done your webcomic for a while, you have a, an archive of material, and why not make a print version? Um, you do want to make a little money, right? So a printed version is the best way about that. And there's something cool that, you know, the collector mentality, we want to have something tangible. And you can't really put a Mylar bag around the internet. So having a book is, is really critical. And it's so easy to get things printed um, online that it's, it's essential. So I say, you know, after your first year, get, get a printed copy out there. And, uh, and then you have something tangible, and it's almost like it becomes real. It's, 
it's weird, but that's that's kind of how it happens, you know. Yeah, never had someone say, "Can you sign my laptop?" Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it had, came about the same way. You just build up in a, uh, just this body of work, and um, you think, well. I've put it in the comic book, no one's going to buy it because everyone's already read it online for free. Not true. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people that follow your comic strip or, or webcomic online will tell you, when are you going to put this in print? I want to own it. So don't think that, oh, I'm not going to do it because no one's going to buy it, because they will. And it's actually a good way to come to shows like this and turn people on to going to your website and reading it. So for me, it came about, I've done three. The first one I did after about a year, year and a half of doing the webcomic and decided I want to have something that I could sell on my website, uh, take to shows, and I did a Kickstarter campaign. I actually did a Kickstarter campaign for the first two books. And what's really nice about webcomics, as opposed to just wanting to do a comic book and doing a Kickstarter for it, when you have a webcomic, you've already spent your time building up an audience online. And you've suddenly got all these people that you can market to when you're doing a Kickstarter campaign. And for both of my books, I mean, I think they run for like 30 days, Kickstarter campaign. Both of them were already uh, fully funded within the first week because all those people said, hey, yeah, I want it in print. And they all jumped on it and uh, funded it. So um, definitely when you get to that point, you do want to put something in print because it's a perfect way to just get a cheap table at an artist alley, your all your local shows, and just take it directly to the people instead of trying to get it distributed through Diamond or wherever else. And it's a great way to make more fans. I agree. And uh, just what I've used that's really helpful is um, I've used Lulu.com uh, for books. I've used CreateSpace. And I think now I'm kind of settled on CreateSpace because it plugs into Amazon. So you can load your files and then print on demand. And it's real easy to sell your book. Um, it's a little more expensive than if you ordered your own print run with a, with a printing press, but uh, it at least gives you copies of your book and uh, you can direct people to buy them online and you get a, obviously get your commission out of it. I actually went a different route. Uh, I didn't do print on demand. I actually did, for each book, did a print run through an actual printer. I just got lucky and got tipped off by somebody uh, who also does a comic of a printer uh, in the Midwest who is very reasonable and does very good work. It takes him a little bit longer than most places, but that's fine, I'll wait, because his prices were very reasonable. So I just did a print run of each one, so I've got, you still got your box. boxes <laughs> in like my little office part of the house, just, you know, boxes piled up. Is that true? <laughs> it's true. It's true. But then you can also sell it in in your comic shop. Yeah, my way. Yeah. Our complaints. Our garage is full of my stuff. So. What's nice about print on demand though is when they, someone, any of these people here, if they go to your website and they buy it, it uh, you don't have to fill that order. It's yeah. done for you. I'm physically packing it up and sending it out. But it's kind of nice because I can even I can sign it though. You know, before I yeah. send it out, do whatever I want. Put a little freebie in there or something. Uh, and Patrick, you have a, another book here. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Um, so my latest book is uh, called Pandemonium. And I, for this book, I went with uh, kind of a short story. So it's, I wrote it as a short story, and then it's more of an illustrated book. But it's meant for um, younger readers, you know, maybe 10 and up. And uh, it's, it's a story I developed about a panda bear named Robin, and she's on a steampunk pirate panda adventure. So... 
this one started as a, like you say, in prose, and then um, I did a Kickstarter so that we could actually print the book. And so um, I also went with a printing press to do this one. Um, some friends of mine turned me out to a printing press overseas that was able to do a really good job on the hardcover and everything. So, um, so that's how this book came into being. So the, both of you have mentioned that you used uh, Kickstarter to, to get some books out. Have either of you used uh, Patreon or have any plans to use Patreon? I would love to. I haven't been able to figure out the best way that it fits me. I have some friends who do very well with it, and um, I'm afraid to start Patreon uh, because I don't want to disappoint someone by not fulfilling what I promised. So I can't bring myself to, to get on Patreon yet. I don't know. Have you, have you done it? Uh, no, I looked into it. I, I planned on doing it at one point, but same thing. Um, if, for those of you who not, are not familiar with what Patreon is, it's a way for uh, people to patron your work and basically subscribe to you every month. And in exchange, uh, they get kind of like exclusive material from you that you don't necessarily put on your website or your social media and stuff like that. So it does require you to do more work above and beyond what you normally do for your strip. And I, just time management, have never been able to get to that point where I have the amount of time to do extra work on top of what I already do. Um, if I didn't have a day job, definitely I would make the effort to do that. But I just have not seen that as a viable way for me to support myself. But you know, kudos to the people out there that do it. I know that there are some that do it do very well with it and you know my hat is off to you because it, it, it is a great way to have steady income every month for people. Uh, so what has been uh, kind of the, the most surprising thing that has changed in your, in your your both of your lives since you started doing a webcomic? Wow um, gosh I, I don't know most surprising um, I think for me it's been it's been important to recognize that if you want to make a comic or you want to make comics or get into comics, just do it. The, there's no reason not to. And I think a lot of people feel intimidated and feel like maybe somebody needs to give me permission or whatever. I give you permission right now. <laughs> you want to do it? Do it. Uh, nothing holding you back. And there's no editors. There's no publishers. You don't have to wait for anybody. Um, web comics are very empowering because um, you can do it independently. It doesn't require a lot of uh, resources to complete. And that's, that's why I love it, because an independent person can do it very easily. And so if you have good material, it's going to find an audience, and you can build your own audience. You don't need somebody else to do it for you. Or, I mean, you don't need, you don't need somebody else to, uh, to make you a success. You, know, you, you can do it independently on your own. And uh, that's, that's what I love, that opportunity. It's, it's very open to anyone. It's totally true. You do not need to wait for anyone to tell you uh, what you can do, what you can't do, um, when you can put things up. It's literally completely up to you. That door is just completely wide open. The one downside of that is that you are the person who is doing <laughs> everything. I mean, if you are a writer, say, at Marvel, or an artist at Marvel, you go, you do your pages, you turn it in, and then the big marble machine takes care of marketing it, publishing it, doing all that stuff to promote your work. Well, you don't have that person when it's just you. You are that person. You are the marketer. You are the publisher. You are everything. 
So that is the downside, but if you're up for a challenge, um, it can be very rewarding when your work gets out there, you start getting interviewed, you get invited to do panels. Um, a funny story that I told the last time I did this panel at um, WonderCon was when I first started doing my strip, um, in case you guys aren't aware of the way this panel works at the end, a lot of you get a chance to stand up and pitch your idea for a webcomic or what webcomic you are doing. And uh, four or five years ago when I first started doing my webcomic, I actually went to this panel in San Diego, uh, Comic-Con, and stood up and pitched my webcomic, what it's about, and then now I'm sitting here. So, uh, you know, it all comes full circle, and if you start working on whatever it is you're working, and you dedicate enough time to promote it, you eventually do get an audience, you do get your work out there, and people follow you. So, what was the question? <laughs> you did great. You did great. Uh, I I would like to turn it out uh, to the audience at this time. If anyone has any questions that they want to ask of our panelists, uh, right, go ahead in front. Yeah, that other man, webcon death, um, August, August like that shonen battle sci-fi video game manga, the web manga. So that's great. Get it online. Yeah. My question is how I could get an audience. Like, how to get an audience? Yeah. I think that is the. The million dollar question. And if anybody knows, please tell me how to do it. Where, where do you guys promote your webcomic? Um, for me, finding an audience has, has always been a challenge. But the best ways that I know of um, are, number one, meeting people. Uh, I, like, I like meeting people at conventions. And um, that always helps build my audience. Um, I also have tried a variety of different social media methods for, for sharing my comic strip. Yeah. Um, so for me, there isn't one perfect way. Uh, I just try to share it everywhere I can, uh, as often as I can, so that, that people discover it. And if there's a better, more efficient way, I'm looking for it. Um, but speaking of which, shameless plug, if you'd like to sign up for my comic, I put an iPad over there. Well, when I started mine, uh, it was a lot, I think a little bit easier to promote as far as Facebook goes. Because what I did was um, created a Facebook page for it and just started sharing it on Facebook. At this time though, Facebook was a little different. They changed their algorithms. They made it harder for certain pages to be seen, like fan pages to be seen. And uh, you have to work around that. Like You can actually start a group page on Facebook. But the point is, you've got all the social media out there. You've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram. Yeah, there's a lot of other people out there putting stuff up and it gets hard to get noticed sometimes, but you quite literally have this little device or a laptop that connects you with the entire world. So it's possible to build an audience just with something like this. It takes strategy, it takes um, a little bit of getting, gaining some knowledge about marketing. It's not just posting, it's how you post, when do you post, uh, um, what platforms are you posting to. But social media is out there to share your stuff and it's there for people to see your stuff. Um, getting your own website too I think is essential because you also want all that social media to point to one central hub, which is your website, where you feature your work, you feature the books you're selling, or the shirts, or whatever it is that you're selling. You know, you want to get people back to that. 
and just doing shows like this. It doesn't cost much. When you do have something in print, maybe you've been doing your webcomic for a year, now you've got something to put in print. Um, get a, a local show like this, you know, I, the prices are different, but it's not that uh, expensive to just get a table at Artist Alley. Um, and just as people walk by, just, hey, how you doing? Check out my webcomic, you know, and just start talking to people. And it's really as simple as that. You do that long enough, you will build an audience. Uh, probably all of you are thinking the same way I was thinking when I started, is well, I'm gonna post this strip on Facebook tomorrow and it's gonna go viral everywhere and everyone's <laughs> gonna know me and I'm gonna be a star, I'm gonna be a celebrity by this time next week. Doesn't work that way. Um, I, you know, I, often I'm posting stuff and thinking, man, I'm just not getting the, the shares and the likes and this, that, that I would like, but you know what, it's all just little steps. You do this amount of work, you take, make another small step. You do some more work, you take another step. And then after a year, two years, you've built up somewhat of a steady audience. You know, you've got these people out there that are, they know who you are, and they're coming to look at you every so often. And then you can make that bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just takes time. I mean, I've been doing this for five years. And it took just maybe last year where I started getting invited to be on panels, which is one thing that I've always wanted to do. And I thought, well, I'm gonna start doing a webcomic and everyone's gonna want me on their panel. No, it didn't work out that way. It took a while. It's gonna take a while. You just have to keep doing it and keep doing it. Well, I think that's the thing too, is that you, you need to uh, promote yourself. And that is one of those things that artists don't like doing. Um, artists and writers are maybe embarrassed or it's it can be a little difficult to show your work and have somebody look at your work and what are they going to think of my work and um, it's always a challenge so you have to kind of make peace with that you have to be willing to share it and talk about it and if not get somebody who is to do it for you you know uh, the um, biggest advice I can tell you is be outgoing even if you're not outgoing learn how to fake it yeah, learn how to fake it really well where people can't tell and you'd be surprised you fake it long enough you start to just be that way naturally I'm crying on the inside <laughs> yeah I'm about to jump under the table they're all looking at me um, and oh, yeah, I was going to make another point now you can sorry sorry but uh, it's just, um, yeah, just be outgoing. Don't worry that, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Most important thing, if you are showing your work to people, and people do this to me sometimes. They go, they say something, oh, yeah, I'm sorry that it's not finished, or I'm sorry maybe I, I, that's not good enough. Never, ever, 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 ever apologize to anybody for your work. You might be showing it to someone and think, oh, my God, it's so terrible, I, I can't bear that he's looking at it or she's looking at it. Don't ever say, I'm sorry it's not this or I'm sorry that. Never, ever, ever apologize for your work. Because the minute you do that, those people see you as your worth in their eyes just drops. So don't ever do that. Yeah. We're on the business end of things, but um, you guys, I, I keep hearing web comics as kind of like a free thing that you offer online and then like the print comes later and that's where you make your money. But have you guys ever had any experience with selling the webcomic itself, actually putting it behind, um, for lack of a better term, like a paywall, you know, so that people pay to get the comic once they see it online? Um, I personally haven't. Um, I've heard stories about how that didn't work out for other other folks. I think the only people it really might work for is somebody who already has an audience. I think it's really hard 
especially when you're an unknown or you're new or independent, getting people to pay for the webcomic. Um, it seems to me that, I, I, like, I like the analogy where the webcomic is kind of like the radio. You know, when you used to turn on the radio and listen to the music, it was essentially free, you were, you were hearing it. And then uh, somehow make the purchased version or the print version or the collector version of your webcomic enticing so that somebody wants to have a copy of it and that's um, where I've seen it work. But a paywall, I don't know. I've seen advertising work uh, where you sell advertising on a page. Um, I've also had a few friends who've gained a large enough audience that they've been approached by other websites that want to syndicate their comic strip. And so they, they get paid to actually post uh, their comic first on whatever site that is. But paywall, I, I haven't seen that work. Yeah, I've never ever seen an example or heard a story where it worked well for anybody. Uh, usually what happens is someone goes to a subscription model and their audience just dies. Because uh, people will read up to the point where it's free and that's it, they click off, they're, they're gone. So I don't recommend it. And if you worry that oh, if I give it away for free, I'm not going to make any money, don't worry about that. Give it away for free. You'll find ways to make money. You'll do shows. You'll do print books. And, and people will pay for it. I mean, with my books, all of them, yeah, it's collecting the material that I've done. But each book, I, I also put in original material that was never on the website. And I advertise it that way. And, you know, people will buy it. But a subscription service, I don't recommend it. The only time I've ever seen something like that work well uh, was what Brian K. Vaughn did, I think, where uh, I forget which book it was that he did his graphic novel. He released it online, and instead of saying it's this much, he just put a thing in there saying, pay whatever you want for it. And he made a ton of money doing that. People were actually very, very generous. So that's the only time I've ever heard of something actually working like that online. And that's maybe a way to lead back into Patreon. Maybe, maybe that's a way to Possibly, yeah. Or maybe if you're going to do a subscription service, be Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> you start your webcomic, be Brian K. Vaughn. There you go. Step one. Yeah. Any other questions? In the back, In the back yeah. Um, wondering what makes you guys jump into continuity strips and jump back out? What sort of is the idea that where you start here and say, yeah, I'm going to tell this story with five or six scripts, and then say, okay, this, this joke played out enough? Well, for, for me, um, I've always tried to avoid continuity. Um, I try to make one and done strips, so I haven't done a very long form webcomic, so I don't know, maybe that's more. I've never done continuity. I mean, my comic strip very much, as you can just see, like flipping through my books, very much just follows. Uh, Sunday Funnies format, and all of those were all just one and done strips, and that's kind of just the model that I follow. Uh, the only time I've ever done anything with a little bit of continuity was a couple years ago when uh, my wife and I were getting thrown out of our apartment, and it found its way into the comic strip, and kind of just went for a few weeks. Um, don't worry, we're not homeless, we found a new place to live, we're okay, but that's the only time that I've done it. I'm toying with an idea right now of doing a little something, kind of subtext that'll be a bit of a continuity thing, um, but I don't think there's any rules to it. Do what you think works. If you say, I want to tell this story over the next month, over the next two months, then I'll go back to doing 
one and done stuff, do it. Like we said before, you're your editor. You're the one that tells you how to do it. So if it feels right for you and it fits in your head as far as what you want to do, just do it. I do think that one thing I would say is that long form or, you know, stories on the web, uh, you definitely don't want to miss a day because <laughs> you leave people hanging. Seems like with regular strips, you can get away with um, a irregular release schedule. But if you're going along and you've got this, this story that's progressing and then you stop for six months, you know, you're going to kill your readers because they're... That's actually another good point as far as, and it goes back to building your audience. If you want to build up an audience, be consistent. Mm -hmm. If you say that your strip is going to come out, like in my case, every Sunday morning, like the Sunday Funnies, make sure that you put a strip up every Sunday morning. Even if you get busy, go and put a best of, but just always be consistent, always make sure that there is one there. As soon as you miss one and start dropping off, so will your audience. Any other questions? Um, kind of going back with regards to maybe creating your own website, um, do you have any, any advice with regards to how to do so? Like any... Yeah, like me, be a former web designer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just do your own so little project. Frankie Vaughn, former web designer. Yeah, he was a former web designer, I believe. So, yeah. No. Um, there are a lot of... Um, services out there that allow you very easily now to just build your own website for like a small fee or maybe like a small monthly subscription. It's really not that hard. Um, I wish I could recommend some. Uh, I think Squarespace is one that someone told me about, but there's plenty if you do a little bit of research and you can very, very easily um, build your own website. That's the easy part. I like uh, WordPress. Okay, there you go. But WordPress. it takes more, doesn't WordPress take a little more effort and knowledge to learn it as opposed to some that you can literally just drag and drop and then you're done? Yeah, although, yeah, it's true. You should have some familiarity with, um, you know, working with a website. But WordPress is pretty easy with a theme called Comic Easel. Okay. Because that one allows you to post your comics and archive your comics pretty easy. The one thing that I will say, though, is more important than just the ease of actually building one is be conscious of your design because you will ruin a well-put-together website with crappy web design because if it looks bad, people will not stay. Most people this day and age know somebody who does web design or does some type of graphic design. Get their help, get their input, get their opinion on designing a site that looks good, that's clean, that's easy to use, so people will go to it and they'll be able to find what they need and just not be turned off by all these garish colors and graphics and I can't find anything. So that is definitely an even just as important part of the website you put together. Uh, and I do want to give the creators and potential creators out there a chance to promote their webcomic or future webcomic. So if you guys uh, want to line up over here, and we you'll need each to get 30 seconds. Away, right? Yeah, 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Now, uh, I did something. I started to bring this up last minute. I did yeah. something at WonderCon where everyone that came up and pitched, I gave them a free copy of my first book. Well, there you Can go. You do that? Yeah. Okay, you come up and pitch. You're going to get a copy of my Collector's Volume 1. Fantastic. <laughs> Free stuff. Go up and just make something up. <laughs> this guy, he does this you have the timer? thing, and it's I've got the timer. Okay. Oh, okay. I was gonna hand it down. Okay. 
guess my webcomic is a shonen battle manga that will pull it on to them in his little monster thing fighting other demons and stuff. That's, that's all. What's the website? Uh, still in production. Thank you. Um, all right. Okay. You want a free copy of my book? You don't have to climb up. <laughs> Thanks for, uh, and if anybody wants to sign up for Super Siblings. <laughs> Go ahead. I have a story that I created, but I haven't drawn it. I've only made sketches. But what it's pretty much about is about a woman assassin who over the years um, became emotionless from all the killings she did. And eventually she didn't want to be an assassin anymore as she found um, boredness and killing people and, and boredness and seeing the life leave people's eyes. And so she decided to go rogue and wandered around aimlessly. And eventually she came across a captain who was looking to recruit some people to work on his ship. And she turned him down and eventually she was hunted down by the hunters who tried to find her since she went rogue. And um, the captain like went to go help her and he gave her a random wig to wear. And when she looked in the mirror, she had seen a different person. Originally she she always felt dull and dead on inside and she never could see herself ever being happy. But when she looked in the mirror, she didn't even recognize herself. She looked like a different person, which in the end, she created a personality. She created a person who didn't exist, and from then, she lived as the person that she always wanted to be, and tried to redeem herself from her sins. Is this out yet, or you're still working on it? No, I just made it up, but I really want to work. Do you have a title for it? Yeah, what's the title? I honestly can't create a title about it, but it's pretty much about an assassin and a captain redeeming themselves of their past and trying to move forward and survive, and just learn what it means to be alive in a cruel world. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Come get your free comic. Um, almost done with the first plot arc in a comic I'm working on, hoping to have it up by the end of the summer. It's called The Idiot's Survival Guide to RPG. Nice. About three best friends who end up in a real live D&D situation and discover that things aren't always quite as simple as they were back at the table. <laughs> what do you call it? The Idiot's Survival Guide to RPG. And is it actually up yet or you're still working? Not yet. Um, I have a um, couple posts on Instagram, just all the prep work. Like I said, I'm hoping to have the first plot arc done by the summer. I work as a full-time high school teacher, so i got to find that time. Are you <laughs> writing between. and drawing it too? Yes. All right. Well, look forward to it. Thank Thanks. you, Matt. Great job. Um, I'm kind of doing the art for a story that me and one of my friends are working on. Um, it basically just follows a wanderer who's traveling through kind of a fantastical world, uh, kind of trying to find meaning in life and like kind of overcoming personal grief. Um, it involves like conversations with weird, like fantastical creatures. And it's mostly just kind of single panel stories. Uh, so it's a, a single illustration with a small story that goes along with it. What, what was the name again? Uh, the story, uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's uh, something along the lines of The Wanderer from Conundrum Falls. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, thank you all for coming out to the panel. Be sure to check out web comics from Patrick Scullin and Eddie D'Angelini. Collectorscomic.com. And uh, if you go to webcomicsadvocates.com, you'll find more information on how to make your own web comics and about all these guys and Phil and Brenda who aren't here. And but feel free to thank hit you. either one of us up all over social media or our website. If any of you have questions about a web comic or how to do one, we're more than happy to answer and help out. So, and uh, I'm here with five nineteen. Like to say hi. I'm going home after this. So. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, thank you all. Thank you. You can find out more about the Webcomics Advocates at webcomicsadvocates.com. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts on the Benview Network at benviewnetwork.com. Thanks. Hello out there in Benview podcast land. My name is Josh and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games or more accurately listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.